Welcome to Monday of this third week of Lent. We're stuck right in the middle there of Lent. And uh, make sure you listen to the first reading today along with the gospel because it will try to help us make sense of the gospel a little bit. So let's begin. Let's ask God for mercy. But first, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God loves you very, very much. Let's ask him for his, his awesome, wonderful forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, you heal the sick, Lord, have mercy. You set prisoners free, Christ, have mercy. You show us the way to the Father, Lord, have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. May your unfailing compassion, O Lord, cleanse and protect your church. And since without you she cannot stand secure, May she be always governed by your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Kings. Naaman, the army commander of the king of Aram, was highly esteemed and respected by his master. For through him the Lord had brought victory to Aram. But valiant as he was, the man was a leper. Now the Arameans had captured in a raid on the land of Israel a little girl who became the servant of Naaman's wife. If only my master would present himself to the prophet in Samaria, she said to her mistress, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went and told his lord just what the slave girl from the land of Israel had said. Go, said the king of Aram, I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. 
So Naaman set out, taking along ten silver talents, six thousand gold pieces, and ten festal garments. To the king of Israel he brought the letter, which read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When he read the letter, the king of Israel tore his garments and exclaimed, Am I a god with power over life and death that this man should send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? Take note, you can see he is only looking for a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his garments, he sent word to the king, Why have you torn your garments? Let him come to me and find out that there is a prophet in Israel. Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. The prophet sent him the message, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will heal, and you will be clean. But Naaman went away angry, saying, I thought that he would surely come out and stand there to invoke the Lord his God and would move his hand over the spot and thus cure the leprosy. Are not the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farper better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleansed? With this he turned about in anger and left. But his servants came up and reasoned with him. My father, they said, if the prophet had told you to do something extraordinary, would you not have done it? All the more now, since he said to you, wash and be clean, should you do as he said. So Naaman went down and plunged into the Jordan seven times at the word of the man of God. His flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He returned with his whole retinue to the man of God. On his arrival, he stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. The word of the Lord. My soul is thirsty for you. My soul. longs for the running waters, so my soul longs for you, O God. A thirst is my soul for God, the living God. When shall I go and behold the face of God? fidelity, and they shall lead me on, and bring me to your holy mountain, to your dwelling place. My soul is thirsty for you. Then will I go into the altar of God, the God of my gladness and joy. Then will I give you thanks upon the harp, O God, my God. My soul is thirsty for you. 
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no, prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there is many widows in Israel on the day when Elijah, in the days of Elijah, when the skies were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread throughout the whole land. It was none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them, and he went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the name Martin Niemöller should be somewhat familiar to you. I've mentioned him before. And he's responsible for that prayer right there. There's his name right there. And uh, that's not the whole prayer. I'm going to try to share the whole prayer with you a little bit more as we come to an end here today. But Martin was a highly decorated U-boat commander, a submarine in the first in the First World War for, for Germany. And after the war, he became a Lutheran pastor. But he still had this dream of the national glory of Germany. And this is something that that Hitler built upon, that people dreamed of this national glory for Germany. So at first, he began to support the National Socialists, who were the Nazis. But within months, he saw the evil of what Hitler was really all about. He condemned and protested against the German Christian movement, is what it was called. This German Christian movement, which wanted to align itself with Hitler and with the Nazis, the National Socialists. Religion always has to be aware. If it starts you know, aligning itself with certain political ideologies in different ways. But happened in Germany in those days, happening in our world, you know, our time today as well. And so seeing the churches, both the Lutheran and the Catholic Church, fold like a house of cards in front of Hitler, he began to become part of what was called the Confessing Church, and uh, uh, along with Karl Barth and, and um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, those kinds of folks who saw a church that was dead a, a, against the Nazis and against this, this political ideology and a faith that was centered on the person of Jesus Christ and, and didn't crumble in, the, in view of what the Nazis were trying to do to them. They did not follow Hitler. They followed Jesus instead. And so on July 1st, 1937, he was arrested, imprisoned, and remained there until the end of the war. Condemned by the Nazis, condemned by the state, condemned by his own church. So the Lutheran church condemned him for all of this. And no prophet is without honor except in his native place. And all that brings me to the gospel here today. Right before today's gospel, Jesus shares his mission. I brought my Bible over here. I just want to share this with all of you. Here was the mission of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recover your sight to the blind, let the oppressed go free, and proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. So quickly, after he says this, they were like, well, who is this guy? And very quickly, they were against him. Why did all of a sudden, that beautiful statement I just share with you, they were, they were sort of like, wow, 
This is pretty awesome. But all of a sudden, they began to be against him. Why? Because he included the widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. He also included Naaman, who was from Syria. What's the problem? Why would they be upset that Jesus included them? Well, the widow and Naaman were Gentiles. They didn't want any Gentiles to be included. They wanted Gentiles to be out. They wanted somehow that Jesus was going to come and restore the Davidic kingdom and kick all these Gentiles out. Now, again, this is uh, um, um, Luke's gospel, a, a, a parish that was primarily Gentiles. Luke was a Gentile himself. And so listen to this commentary by Pablo Gazentes, and he's talking about uh, um, this gospel here today when he says, Calling on two Old Testament prophets as supporting witnesses, which was Jesus did, Jesus the prophet explains that the blessing of the Messianic Jubilee applies not only to Israel, but also to the Gentiles. This really made them angry. First, Elijah worked a miracle for the Gentile widow of Zarephath and Lena Sidon, enabling her and her son to survive the famine. Second, Elisha worked a miracle for the Gentile Naaman in Syria, which you heard in the first reading, who was cleansed of his leprosy. These two Gentiles, a woman and a man, typically in Luke and fashion, even end up acknowledging the God of Israel, this great God of yours, of, of Israel, foreshadowing how in Jesus, the Gentiles will be led to worship the one true God. And so, um, who are the prophetic voices in our day? Are we to be prophetic voices in our day? To somewhat bring glad tidings to the poor, liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, spiritually blind, and let the oppressed go free. Let me close with uh, a, a little fuller version of this um, um, uh, um, statement, this prophetic statement by Niemöller when he says, first they came for the communists, but I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a member of the trade unions. Then they came for the Jews, but I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the Catholics, but I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Catholic. And because I was a Protestant, then they came for me. There's no one else left to speak up for me. So we have to be these voices, these prophetic voices of our own time. And like Niemöller, like Jesus himself, be these prophetic voices in our own days. Here's my question. How am I called to be a prophet in my world, in my situation today? Thank you for watching us again. Uh, thank you for allowing us to break into your life to share God's word with all of you. Hopefully it's really helpful for you to be able to ponder your life as a follower of Jesus, as a prophet of Jesus as well, and looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.